Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is Suzanne Knabenikol from Police Science Doctor with your bite-sized police research science snippets for this week. Every week I bring to you three bits of information that are found in academic research that I think might be valuable and practical towards, for you, basically, the frontline practitioner. So rather than you guys all trawling through academic research findings, I'm doing the work for you if I find something that I think is actually practical and that you might be starting to use or implement or start thinking about straight away, I publish these on a Tuesday. So these go out as an email to the subscribers to the free Police Science Doctor email list. Just leave your details on the website, policesciencedr.com. And then I'll also come here online and talk to you to discuss them a little bit. If you are on the email list and you get them sent to you, you actually get the link to the original research as well. So if you're able to go behind the subscription wall, you can read the whole article. If not, at least you can read the abstract. So the first snippet for today is about simulation training potentially activating trauma. So even if people did, if you know law enforcement officers and anyone working in the field did not actually have PTSD from a specific event they've been through, training scenarios can sometimes trigger a flashback, nightmares, and other physical anxiety reactions, such as a racing heart, um, about a past event experienced, which may be activated by the training simulation. Now, if this happens, this does not necessarily mean that the person will go on to develop PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, but it does mean that the original experience does need to be addressed and processed. So the person, if they're experiencing these kind of symptoms, should seek support um, as soon as they can, just to make sure that it doesn't escalate into anything more serious. The second snippet for this week is about non-compliance with COVID-19 regulations and how this might be related to sexual harassment perpetration. So a very interesting connection that was found here. So there's a connection between undergraduate males, lack of compliance with COVID-19 regulations. So these are students, male students who do not comply with COVID, did or did or do not comply with COVID-19 regulations. And those who don't tend to comply have a higher possibility that they have also been involved in sexual harassment perpetration. And as and also sexual violence related attitudes seem to be stronger and more anti anti women really. So there's um there's an interesting link there between not complying with COVID nineteen regulations and having a history and higher risk of perpetrating sexual harassment. So very interesting correlation there. And this made me think of the concept of self selection policing. So if you're if if you want to Google that, I did an interview with that with um. With, I'm sorry, his name eludes me now, but the, but the professor actually came up with a term where he was explaining that you, um, if, if the police look at people who commit minor offenses, such as little traffic violation, parking violation, they also tend to be committing, not all of them, but a number of them also tend to commit serious crimes. Actually, if you turn this around, it makes more sense. People who commit serious crimes also tend to commit non-serious crimes. Sexual harassment is a, non is a serious crime. And a disregard for rules and for other people has some kind of connection with the um with the disregard for the you know other less um less serious less high level rules as well so i i don't i don't know if this has been looked at if this is linked in any way but i just found this is a very interesting correlation 
So perhaps those, you, you might think, well, you know, they're only not complying with COVID-19 regulations, but actually that it may be that they generally hold um, antisocial or anti-police, you know, non-conformist, um, non-conformist is not necessarily a bad thing, but attitudes that basically go against the law for some reason. And the third snippet for today is about immigrant organizations and neighborhood crime. Um, immigrant serving organizations generally have crime reducing effects for all types of crime. And a high immigrant concentration is associated with lower levels of crime in general, which is moderated by the number of such organizations. So if you've got an area in a city, in a town, we've got a high number of immigrant, a uh, high immigrant population. If there are organizations that actually serve particularly that community, that has a, has a great effect of reducing crimes of all types within that community. So these are the snippets for today. The other thing I wanted to tell you guys is about the change of dates we've had for the organized crime sessions that did not take place in April and May, as previously announced because of um, illness of Chris Allen. So Chris Allen is an expert in organized crime. Um, he's, he's a lecturer, researcher, consultant, and a writer and commentator about organized crime. And he time, you know, partnered up with my Police Science Doctor Academy to deliver a number of live training sessions, specifically for analysts and investigators in law enforcement. So if this is relevant to you, you're, you're lucky in a sense that he was sick because we've moved these live sessions to June. So they're now going to be taking place mon on Mondays, 6th, 13th, and 20th of June. Um, let me show you this visual here. So just go to the Police Science Doctor Academy and you can book yourself onto these sessions. They're three hours long, which includes a two-hour lecture and a discussion and Q&A at the end. And they're only four to nine pounds, so really they are a bargain to be getting such a niche training session um, from an, directly from an expert. So there's Chris Allen who's going to be delivering these. And we've got a session on cybercrime, uh, cybercrime, firearms trafficking and money laundering coming up in that order in June. So um, very relevant to many of you, I'm sure. And um, I'll see you next week. And I hope you stay well. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.